This is HPR episode 2402 entitled Petiton, the card game for fanatics and is part of the series Tabletop Gaming. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 42 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Klaatu talks about a card game he designed. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi everyone, this is Klaatu. You're listening to Hacker Public Radio. This is an entry in my gaming series, and um, it's a little bit something, a little bit different than um, than usual this time. It's about a career change. Well, not a real career change, but it's it's about this this game that I have decided to design because I've lately fancied myself a game designer, sort of all of a sudden. And um, yeah, so I, I want to talk about this game that I've designed, and I want to kind of pitch it to you, to be honest, because I'm thinking about um, kickstarting it. I'm kind of thinking not not as a not as a game, you know, not not as a, one of those kickstarters where you commission the whole box and the and you get it into stores and stuff like that. I, I have no interest in that whatsoever. But I would like to uh, commission art for the game, better art than what I've got, because right now it's basically just a bunch of clip art. And um, so I, I want to pitch this to you guys, because I, I figure, well, there's a lot of you, and um, if I can swindle you guys into funding a little bit of this with me, then we might be able to make a pretty cool game and uh, send it off to like a print-on-demand service. So it'd be like... Um, there's a site called thegamecrafter.com, and and there's also I mean drivethroughcards.com. A couple of different places have they 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 do print on demands, but specifically for for card games, tabletop games, and that's kind of what I had in mind. So let me let me tell you about this game that I designed and uh, why I think it's worth worth doing right. So here's a quick overview of the game. This is just a broad overview, and then I'm going to actually get into the rules so that you know why or how how the thing is played. So an overview is that the elevator pitch is that it is a uh, it's a fantasy battle card game, except the battles are for mind share. So you are you you represent a society. Your your cards are a society of 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 some fantasy world, and you see all these other societies, your other players around you, and you've decided that you want to convert them to your way of thinking. So you want to convert all of their their, their religious people to worship your god. You want to convert all of their – you want to subvert their artists. You want to um, supplant your art scene onto theirs. You want to uh, undermine their economy by – having them outsource all their business to you and and of course you want to conquer their military you just want to slaughter everyone with a weapon so in other words it's imperialism for fun it's it's a fun imperialistic game about um completely obliterating all of your anything that's not exactly like you i mean what modern person wouldn't love to play this as a game 
Okay, so here's how it works. You've got, um, and by the way, I'm not kidding. This is actually my idea for a card game. This, you're, you're, you probably think I'm making a sarcastic political statement, and um, whether I am or not, I won't comment on. But, but this is actually a game that I've designed. In fact, I'm even as I speak right now, I've got the the mock-up cards in my hand. I am shuffling through them right now. So here's how it works. Each player gets four pillar cards. Pillar, like society pillars, you know, pillars of a society. I used to call them paragon cards, but but people, it was too many too many people were in my cards, so I needed some just symbols. So these pillar cards are symbols, just icons of um, of four different areas that is, that make up a society, and those four areas are, as I have said, the economy or or industry, um, religion art, and war, military. So each player gets four of these, and they put them out on the table in front of them. And that's what you have to protect. You do not want anyone to steal any of your pillar cards. Those are very important to you. They're your cultural identity. Now, in the center of the table, we have five cards, and these are four different gods. There's a god of war, there's a god of industry, there's a god of, a goddess of art, and a god of gods, of religion or magic, however you want to express it. Now the fifth card is godlessness, the godless heathen card. And I'll tell you why that's important in a moment. And then you get some gaming tokens of some sort. I just went to a store and bought a really ugly beaded necklace and broke it apart. But you, you get... Um, some beads or something, and you put that in the center of these five cards. So typically what I do is I set up the five cards in like this sort of pentagram configuration, five points outward, and then the beads in the center. So that's your temple. you got your gods and your prayer beads. All right, so now you're all set up. So then you shuffle all of your, um, your playing cards, all the different normal playing cards that you've got. Shuffle those up, and you deal five to each player. So that's the setup. Okay, so once you have those things, the next step, or, or the, the next thing that you can do is play. And here's how the gameplay works. So on your turn, you can do one of, one of these things. So first of all, you can draw a card from the deck. So you draw a card um, and add it to your hand. That's one thing that you could do. The other thing that you can do is discard a card that you don't want. So if you if you don't want to draw a new card, but you want to get rid of a card, you can do that. Or you can fortify a pillar by placing one of your one a card from your hand underneath a pillar. So you're bolstering your pillars with these cards from your hands, and you're 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 probably wondering what kind of cards we have in our hand. Don't worry about that yet. I'll get to it. So that's that's your the, the first phase of your turn. You do either of those three things. Next, you have the option to petition a god from the center of the table. Or if you already have a god, then you can attack an opponent. So you can never attack any opponent unless you have the favor of a god. And you get, gain the favor of a god by petitioning. And we'll go over that in a moment as well. That's an important mechanic. And then the final phase of your turn is that you uh, draw back up to five cards, if you're beneath five cards, uh, and you take one prayer bead from the center of the table. Okay, so that's, that's your turn. 
Now, if you don't want to do any of those things, you can also forfeit your turn um, by dumping all of your, like putting all of your your entire hand, all five cards in your hand, back into the deck and drawing five new cards. So you can opt to just to just replace your current holding instead of taking any of those moves. Okay. So what kind of cards are we drawing from the deck anyway? You you're probably wondering. Um, great question. You draw citizens from the deck. That's what the deck is mostly comprised of. They're citizens who dwell in your society. Now, each citizen supports one or more of your pillars. So, for instance, here I've got um, a craftsman. Now, he has two points in uh, industry, because that's kind of what he does. But he also has a point in art, because craftsmen, you know, they don't just make stuff. They're, they're artists, essentially. So he could either support your industry pillar with two points, or he could support your art pillar with one point. You have to decide which one you're going to use him for, um, but that's what he can do. Now here's this foot soldier card that I just drew randomly, and he's got one point in war. He's, he's just sort of a general recruit. That's pretty much all he does. He's probably a farmer in his real life, and when you bring him into the war, he pretty much takes, you know, stabs at things, and, and that's pretty much all he can do. Uh, then there's a knight, for instance, and now he's got three points in war, he's very good at war, and he's even got two uh, points in religion, because he's, you know, a Templar or something like that. He's been, he's, he's been blessed by the gods to, to defend his faith, uh, and so on. So you've got lots of different kinds of citizens, and they each have their own unique skill set, or, or combination of skills, and, and ultimately you have to decide how you're going to use those skills to uh, to defend your your society your, your your culture. Now, when you decide to rope someone into defending you, you can do that a couple of different ways. You can either squirrel them away under a pillar card. Now, of course, again, they they it has to be a card that uh, they can actually defend, um, or you can send them into battle for you. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. So that's those are the, the the main cards that you're dealing with are just the citizen cards, uh, and you're you're kind of bidding on the god cards. Uh, the other kind of card that you might find yourself drawing from the deck are the power ups, and those are just different things. They they don't they they, they have different restrictions uh, on them, just kind of depending on what they say. Uh, here's one I just uncovered so here's a power-up prodigy your society's fine cultural institutions have produced an artistic prodigy and this this power-up gives you two bonus points in art or one bonus point in religion uh, here's a power-up plague bearer your opponent is stricken by plague valid only with a god's favor and this one gives you two points in industry and one in military because presumably it, it affects your your societies and so on and so forth. Okay, so there's a couple of power-ups, but mostly the vast, vast majority of the cards are going to be citizens. All right, so that's what you're dealing with. Now, how do you go to war, or how do you go, how do you, how do you capture a pillar from a neighboring society? Well, you petition, and in fact, that's the name of my card game is petition, because that's the central mechanic. And I'll, I'll, I'll go over the basic version first. 
because there's a couple of different ways that this could happen. But the simple version is that you kind of get it into your head, hey, I want to attack my, my neighbor's um, art scene, let's say. So you would then spend two prayer beads to petition the goddess of art. So you would take that card from the temple and you would add it to your you'd put it in front of you so people know that hey you've got a you've got a bonus to your attack because you're holding the god the the art god card it costs 2 beads and once you've done that you can do nothing that's your whole that's that's your turn it's not your whole turn but that's that's the second phase of your turn and then it's the next person's turn and so on now when it comes back around to you you since you have the god card you can attack a fellow player now if you don't attack you have to put the god card away but if you do attack then uh then battle commences now especially since i chose the art god again this i i see this as a a battle of of mind share so you're you're you, essentially you're you're sending your best artists over to the to their society to show people you know your local style and and how your society does things they're not going over there with like daggers to kill people they're going over there to influence people to buy their stuff instead of their local art stuff or or whatever although you know having said that if you don't if you prefer to just imagine bloodshed you can imagine bloodshed it doesn't really matter to me so what you would do uh, when you attack is that you would announce to the person that you're attacking and um, you would place whatever citizen cards you're holding in your hand down on the table face down in front of you and your defender the person who you are attacking will do exactly the same thing they will put down cards in front of them uh, that they believe would serve them well in a battle of, of art maybe it's a dance-off I don't know so once you've both put down your cards then you turn them over and you see how how it all shakes out what that typically looks like is that well you've got the god card so that's a plus three on your attack and then you count up how many citizens you're playing in that little battle now i have three cards here the performer the antiquarian and the craftsman and that's a total of one two three art points so i'm attacking my my defender or my my opponent with six total points now let's say that they had essentially the same thing let's say they had three art points then they would lose and i would take their pillar card and that would and then we would both discard our everyone in battle would go back to the shuffle the the draw deck and that would be the end but let's say that they actually had maybe more maybe they had um five artists and or four artists and a no five artists and a power-up card that gives them two plus two art well then i could send if if i wanted to if i had anything else that i could spend maybe i had another antiquarian so i could throw that in 
And then if they had something else that they were holding, and they realized, okay, this person's serious. Well, here's another craftsman, so I'll send him in. So they send, you know, and then you can, you can keep bidding up, essentially, until you finally reach the point where neither of you want to sacrifice anymore, or neither of you can sacrifice anymore, and someone wins. Now, if, you're, if your opponent wins, it's just a, nothing happens. No, no pillar cards exchange hands. If you win, as I said, you take their pillar card. And now they have no art scene. Their art scene has migrated over to your culture, and uh, you kind of own them in that sense. And that's battle. Now, there's a variation on how all that could go, depending on the petitioning stage. So when you petitioned for, um, for a god, people can challenge you. They don't have to let you... Um, they don't have to let you take the god card because, and I've played, I've play tested this quite a bit. And what happens essentially is that you know when someone takes a god card, obviously people know that you're going to attack on your next round. So it kind of sends up a bunch of red flags, and that's what it was intended to do. So when you when you petition a god for a god's favor, anyone at the table can challenge you. And here's how the challenging process goes. So if someone challenges you, they have to do so immediately. So you, you take a god card, someone has to speak up right away, hey, I'm going to challenge you. So what they have to do is they have to spend beads to counter your offer. And then you each have to spend citizens to sort of convince the god that you're worth supporting or, or favoring. So it's much like a battle. You put your citizen cards face down on the table. And your defeat, your 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 challenger does the same. And then once that's done, and they put prayer beads as well. They offer up prayer beads to the god. And once that's done, here's how it all shakes out. If your challenger, so you are the person who is petitioned. So if your challenger offers more beads and more cards, then they win the god's favor with a plus one. Uh, bonus. So they don't get the full plus three, they get a plus one. And the back of the god card is, is sort of the same god. It's it's god except with, um, it's in black and white, or it'll have a plus one instead of a plus three. I don't know yet. I haven't completely done the layout yet. But, um, yeah, so they'll, they get they get the, the the favor of the god, but it's, it's for a lesser, it's just for a plus one. Now, if your challenger offers lower beads and higher cards then the god favors nobody. God just gets sick and tired of you guys and and doesn't go and just goes back to the temple, takes your beads though, um, and and that's the end of the petition of the petition. Now, if your challenger offers higher beads and lower cards, then the god favors you favors you, the petitioner, the original petitioner, with a full plus three, with the caveat that you cannot add to your society cards that you have already put on the table. So when you put your citizen cards out to, a, to, to please the god, those are the same citizen cards that you're going to attack with. Now, you can still add power-ups in the actual battle, because that, that's, that's a completely separate mechanic. But the citizens that you have put down on the table are now locked in. Now, if your challenger offers lower beads and lower cards, then the god favors them with plus three, but they are locked in. They're forbidden from adding to their citizen cards. Again, they can add power-ups, but they can't send in more troops. 
So it's a little bit of a prisoner's dilemma, actually, because you both know each other's power-ups, or prayer beads, but you don't obviously know the citizen cards that you're bidding on until you turn them over and, and, and see how it goes. So the challenger has to kind of decide what they want to do in terms of bidding the number of beads. Now, a god's favor only lasts one round. That's that's consistent throughout, no matter no matter what. If you've petitioned a god, you get that god's favor for one round. So you you either attack the next round or you turn that god back to the temple. Now, if you don't like fighting, um, you can always just surrender. So if you if someone attacks you or if you attack, then then the 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 people the person being attacked may immediately surrender. Now, if you surrender, you lose your pillar card, but since you've played no cards in your defense, you don't uh, discard any citizens. The attacker, on the other hand, still has to discard the citizen cards that they sent into battle. And that's true for any battle. Um, if, if, you've, if you go into battle, the, the cards that you put down on the table are spent. They go back into the draw deck. Now the reason that we've been sometimes maybe fortifying our pillars is that during the battle you can always the defender can always take a peek under their pillar card and grab a citizen from under the pillars to send into in, into defense. Now the attacker can't do that. It's it's just a defender and that's the advantage of taking that option during your turn rather than maybe drawing a new card or something like that. Maybe you just want to bolster your your a certain pillar with a useful citizen. Now they can only be used in defense, so you're kind of giving them up in terms of being able to use them for an attack. But it's an option that you have, and um, sometimes it's a good option because that gets in them out of your hand, and now you're fortifying your uh, your pillars, and you can defend yourself a little bit better when and if you are attacked. So the final mechanic, I guess, which I haven't even mentioned, well, I mentioned very early on, is the Godless Heathen. So the Godless Heathen card dwells there in the temple with the other gods, and um, it's the sort of, well, as the name implies, it's, it's the option of going without a god. You can do things without a god's favor. So the Godless Heathen cannot be challenged. If you decide, you know, I really want to attack someone, but I just don't. I don't want to go through the trouble of being challenged and having to spend prayer beads and and risking um, someone, you know, uh, gaining the favor of of the god without me or whatever. Uh, then you can just grab the godless heathen card. The disadvantage to the godless heathen card is that you don't get a bonus. There's so there's no plus three or plus one to your attack. It's just it just gives you the permission to attack. Uh, a few of the power up cards apply to a godless heathen, but I think very few. I think it may actually being, it might only be one power-up havoc is I think the one that, that goes without, without a god's favor. You can use that one. Um, all the other power-ups I think, um, no, actually, Martyrdom also works without a god's favor. So Martyrdom and Havoc, so that's two power-up cards that actually work if you're if you're operating without the favor of a god. Um, so that's kind of a disadvantage. But the advantage of it, as I said, is that you can't be challenged. So if you really, really want that um, 
you you really really want that power up card not that power up card sorry that uh you really really want to attack a uh, uh an enemy then you can just grab the the godless heathen and no one can say anything about it you just get it for free for a round um the other good thing is that since it can't be challenged you will never have your citizens locked in so you know if someone challenges you then you have to put your citizens down on the table and and then once you know if you do win that 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 challenge then your your army is pretty much locked in you can't add to it right so with the godless heathen you'd never run that risk so and it doesn't cost any prayer beads so if you're low on prayer beads or you don't it's early in the game you didn't get enough or whatever um it doesn't matter you can grab the godless heathen to um do that now the godless heathen also does not require a category godless heathen can attack anything so if someone's already got the goddess of arts favor and you still want to attack uh, someone else's uh, art scene maybe not theirs because they have god's favor but maybe another player then you could take the godless heathen and still attack someone's art scene even though someone else has the arts, the the goddess of arts uh, favor, sort of actively on their side. So that's uh, mechanically, it's it's quite an important card uh, for you know for keeping the game sort of dynamic. The game has been play test, and that's the game. That's that's pretty much the game. So the um, the spirit of the game is, for me at least, I I really like the the card battle kinds of games those those appeal to me a lot and i'm talking about for instance magic the gathering or dominion if you've ever played that dominion if you've never played it i should probably do a show on it at some point although i haven't really played it enough i don't think to speak authoritatively about it but it's this just this big box of cards so you're it's sort of almost if you imagine you know one of the criticisms and certainly the reason i'm not into it is of magic the gathering is that it can get costly right you have to keep buying the cards to kind of keep up with the with the scene and to build your deck um, and to build a good deck that can compete with other people's so dominion it's just a big box set with a bunch of cards and the mechanic of the game is that you're drawing cards and building your deck as you play and you're playing with the deck that you're building uh it's 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 really really interesting it's pretty confusing honestly i've only played it maybe once but maybe twice once or twice i don't remember but um it was was, it's really fun and and it's got that mechanic of yeah like gathering up your cards and kind of seeing what you have and then kind of plotting and figuring out how you're going to attack other people and and that's kind of the the feel that I wanted for this game, which in in some ways I think it does achieve that. In other ways, it's you know to a purist, it's gonna it's like nothing like that at all. But um, that is kind of the spirit that I wanted for the game. the The mechanic of petitioning gods and challenging that petition, I think, is is it has been a lot of fun. And I've played tested this with up to four players so far. Uh, as few as two so what about single players maybe you don't have anyone to to play the game against well i mentioned a long time ago very early in this mini series on gaming i had mentioned dark cults uh, an obscure little 80s game that i rediscovered one of the the most eye-opening events was when i looked at this game and saw all the little tricks that kenneth raman the game designer had had come up with like so he he released the game initially as a two-player game it was one was life one was death that was the game um but then he came out with an expanded an add-on pack 
And in that add-on pack, he had additional rules for three-player, four-player, five-player, and solo play. And it was just so cool because I could see the th almost see the thought process, or at least the 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 logic behind. Okay, well, here's this game that that's for two players. How can I take all of this game logic and cram it into a single-player uh, motif, or expand it out to a five-player motif? And it was really cool, and, and I, you could totally see, like, reading the instructions for the two-player and then the one-player, you just get it. You're just like, oh my gosh, you're just taking all the things that a second-player could do, and you're shuffling them into the deck and making it reliant upon chance. So that's kind of what I did here with the solo rules for... Um, for, for petition, and it, it changes it you know quite a bit because because th there's a lot of stuff that's kind of reliant upon a second player, but but it does work out really well. So I'll I'll give you the quick rundown of, of solo play and I'll do it quickly, and it's not it's only about four or five steps. So first you place four four god cards in the center of your table. There is no godless heathen in this game, so you you have to have faith in order to play solo the, this game solo. Um, so four, four, four cards on the table, four, four god cards. Then you take five faith beads for yourself, five prayer beads, whatever you want to call them, for yourself. Now, if you run out of beads, the game is over, okay? So you place four pillar cards on the table. So that's, again, war, economy, art, and magic. And then you deal each pillar card a fortification stack of three cards each. Now those three cards will be citizen cards, they'll be power-up cards, doesn't really matter. You treat power-up cards and citizen cards exactly the same in the solo version, and you won't know what they are, of course. You'll deal them face down for each pillar. So you've got these pillars that you want to target, you want to capture those pillars, and you do know that there are three cards at the bottom of each pillar. You don't know what those cards are, but you know that each pillar has a fortification of three cards that will defend it to the death. So you start battle, or petition, is really sort of a, a hybrid of both, by um, putting one or more attack cards from your hand on the table. And then when you're ready, you reveal the fortifications of the pillar that you've decided to target. So you don't know what kind of forces they have, but you do know that of those three cards, anything that matches up to that pillar is is going to work in defense of that pillar. So, for instance, if you turn over three cards and they are all artists and you've just attacked the art pillar, I hope that you've attacked with, with quite a strong hand. Now, if they're all economy citizens and they have no artistic power whatsoever and you've attacked the, the, art, the art pillar, then you're, you're, you're doing pretty well. But you're not necessarily you haven't necessarily won the battle yet, because the lowest power, whoever has the lowest card, or the lowest hand in this battle, automatically wins the favor of a god plus three. So you take the the god uh, for the art pillar, and and add that to the to the lowest hand on the lowest attack hand on on the table. That could be you. It could be the pillar. Who knows? So, if you have just won favor of a god, then the battle is over. And I'm saying you, the player. So if you've won the f the favor of the god, then the battle is over. 
Now, again, that doesn't necessarily mean you won the battle. It just means that that's the end of the battle. Um, so count up the, the citizens, see who wins, and and either sacrifice a prayer bead or take the pillar in, in, in victory. Now, if you didn't win the favor of the god, so the pillar has won the favor of the god, then the battle is not over, and you, the player, can add more cards from your hand to your attack. So if you've realized that the pillar uh, had lower cards and just got a plus three, and that that means that they're now attacking with more power than you are than you have on the table, you can actually add stuff from your from your hand. Cool, right? So if you win the battle, then you take the pillar. If you lose the battle, then you give up a a prayer bead. So the things the the cleanup process here to 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 resolve all of this stuff is that you now shuffle any unused fortification cards from that pillar, if there are any, and give them to the other pillars. So if you've taken the pillar, then anything left over in their in its wake goes to the other pillars that are left on the table that are still still out on the table if if there are no fortification cards then just draw new ones from the from the deck so in other words anytime you uh you you win a battle all the other pillar cards on the table get one more card at least one more card so everyone levels up but you so um if you if you personally had won the favor of the god during that battle, win or lose, if you had the god on your side in that battle, now it's time to pay the god's price for supporting you. So to do that, the god draws one card from the draw deck and place it on the table, and now you have the obligation to match or beat that card with any in any category from your from the remaining cards in your hand if you cannot do that you lose another faith bead so for instance let's say that i had just come out of battle again doesn't really matter if i won or lost um and but and i had i i did the battle with the 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 power of a of a god so um you the god will draw a card from the draw deck put it down I just did that in real life, and I got the Power Up Martyrdom card. And that's got the power of two in magic and one in war. So I would have to look at my hand and see if I have either a two or above in magic, or one or above in, in war. And if I do, then I put that card down, I've matched it, and they get discarded. If I do not, then I lose a faith bead. Uh, that's, the end of, that's the end of the round, so then you draw back up to five cards... Uh, you add one fortification card to each pillar, and anytime you draw a new card as a turn, you give. Like if you if you're if you've decided that you don't want to attack anyone that day or that turn, you want to draw a card from the deck to to sort of fortify yourself. Then each pillar also gets a, a card in fortification. So it's it's basically a betting game on whether or not you have more cards of greater power in your hand or whether the the targeted pillar does and then the variable obviously that gets thrown in is the god's support 
and the god's price. It works pretty well. It's pretty fun. I have no complaints about it. I mean, I designed it. But, you know, I mean, you, one, one sometimes comes up with ideas that don't work out, and this is not one of them. So far, this has been a game that's been a lot of fun to play. The advantage, the, the cool thing about the game is that I have, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all designed. Like, it's the, the game, the rules exist, the, the, even the cards technically exist. It's not, they're, they're hastily put together. I just threw them together in a weekend, um, I think on a Saturday, specifically. It wasn't even a full weekend. And it's just from, clip, you know, I just gathered up some clip art from online and just really quick put some flavor text on them. And it was just kind of super, super fast. And it all kind of, the whole idea came to me just sort of as I would walk to and from work each day. I just, I kept having this, you know, sort of building this idea up. And then one weekend, one Saturday, I, I just, I was like, oh, I, I I'm gonna. I, I have to do this, and I did it, and and it works. And I play tested it, and I play tested it with, like I say, up to four people at the table, and and it's been a lot of fun. So in terms of kickstarting this thing, uh, let's talk about you know brass tacks. Let's get down to business. Um, kickstarting or crowdfunding or whatever this thing is that it's already done. It it exists already. So the kick the the funding wouldn't be for hey I want to make a game. Um, the funding is for, hey, I want to put the finishing touches on a game, which I think is a pretty good position to be in, I imagine, because, um, you know, it's, it's you, you don't, there's no, there's no development being paid for here. It's really all about just putting all the materials together, sending them off, to, you know, uploading files to a print-on-demand service, and then, and then pointing people to the print-on-demand. Uh, and it is not a, it's not a, it's a not, it's, it is not a profit venture. This is not something that I'm hoping to make money on. I am hoping to make it available to people. And uh, so the idea is that I want to get money to finance artwork that will look like a proper fantasy card game. Because that is, you know, for both Magic the Gathering and Dominion and any any you know, sort of Munchkin, um, Pathfinder, car adventure card game. You know, any fantasy card game. You, part of the experience is looking at the art and saying, "Oh, I wonder." You know, I wonder what's in that city, or I wonder what that person does with that axe. You know, how many people have they? How many heads have they chopped off with that battle axe? That sort of thing. It's just a lot of fun. You know, you kind of want to see. You want to see cool art, not um, random clip art from online that some guy just downloaded from a tarot card site, a uh, historical tarot card site. Um, so, yeah, I, I want proper art to be involved, and for that I have commissioned an open source, an artist who uses open source tools, uh, and he's been drawing some stuff, so I actually have some art already done for the game, and it's, it's you know... I, I, if I had more money, I would I would commission more art, um, and really, ultimately, I think um, even if the Kickstarter fails, if the crowdfunding attempt falls flat, I'll still be able to do it, which is probably a bad thing to say publicly, but but realistically, I'll just keep throwing money at this thing until it gets done. It just won't happen as as fast. Um, so I'm hoping that the process can be sped up a bit by a lot of people contributing to financing it. Um, and 
the financing yeah is exclusively for the artwork it's it's honestly that's that's all that needs to be done at this point i am happy to do the card layout on my own time and certainly not really any amount i mean no no reasonable amount of crowdfunding would offset my time enough you know for me to take a week off of work or something i mean that would be silly so i mean yeah i'll i'll do the layout myself and that's not that hard that's just inkscape and and sort of laying stuff out so that it makes sense and i've got i've got a couple of mockups already done so i've i've made progress on that as well and um and then i want to do a video a little 6 minute sort of quick start video so that people can learn how to play the game quickly and not have to li listen to me ramble on you know just like here's exactly what you need to do and here's the little animation of it being done so that you kind of get a feel for it and it's just it'll be fast and i think that's one of the new innovative ways that modern games are instructing people how to play them is just like here give me six minutes of your time and then you will know how to play this game now go for it um and then in addition to that there are a couple of cards that i've designed uh to sort of remind people how to play the game, you know, kind of like, hey, th this is what happens when you challenge someone, and this is what happens, you know, this is what you can do on each of your, this is a round, you know, this is what you can do on your turn. Uh, you can draw or fortify, you can petition or attack, you can take a prayer bead, you can draw back up to your full hand. Just, you know, really quick little reference cards that you lay out on the table pretty much is... is, is what the idea is um and that's i don't think that's going to require any art necessarily it's just going to be a little you know little design work so not a, not a big deal so that's my idea i hope you like the sound of the game and if you want to help me finance this thing then head on over to some crowdfunding link which i will surely put in the show notes thank you very much for listening and i hope this thing works talk to you later You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.